Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell, and I'm joined, as always, by Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? I'm good, Brian. We have a victory podcast for the first time in a while. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I almost forgot how to do these. Talking about a victory. <laughs> we don't really have to rip the buffs as much. I mean, we, we still do because uh, they're one and five, you know, and they, they still don't have a great offense. But um, let's uh, let's kind of. We don't want to spend too much time on it because as we're doing this, the game is, you know, uh, less than 48 hours away uh, against against Oregon State on Saturday night. But we want to focus more on that. But uh, obviously, let's go back real quick to last Saturday because, uh, you know, despite this team being 0-5, that was a pretty awesome atmosphere at Folsom Field. I mean, probably one of the uh, top, not only, I don't know, five or ten uh, – atmospheres that i've been around uh, since covering this team i mean it was a pretty cool day oh yeah absolutely um i know I, I last week before the game when we heard uh what kind of ticket numbers they were getting um i said during the podcast that you know kudos to the bus fans for you know this kind of support and they really turned out on saturday you're right it was a great atmosphere it was a competitive game uh you know, I wrote this a little bit in the column, but I, I was, I, I, hey, I get it. It was two terrible teams. That's maybe ridiculous that there was that level of, of field storming. But you know what? I, I get it. Um, I felt like the fans needed that as much as the players did. Uh, and, you know, they they were behind the team all day. So, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. And, uh, you know, we'll see how much of that they can carry with them uh, into Corvallis. Yeah, and, you know uh- – I'm not even sure that the they would have stormed the field if C would have won by like ten, you know, fourteen points, and it was uh, kind of a foregone conclusion in the last few minutes. But it was kind of the way it happened, right? And going to overtime, and you have the dramatic, uh, you know, re- touchdown reversal in overtime for CU, and then uh, you know a couple of big plays on defense for the Buffs uh, to seal things. It was to me, it was kind of the way it happened as well that made it uh, kind of that special day. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that. And, uh, um, you know, for me, I think, you know, one big takeaway, and you wrote a little bit about the defense today uh, in, in, in today's uh, football notes, uh, the, the defense. I mean, they've just been getting thrashed all year and uh, haven't, you know, really stopped anything or, you know, posed, <laughs> you know, forced much resistance onto uh, opposing offenses. Uh, for them to do what they did against Cal, and I get it, you know, not a great, not a great offense, but still, uh, you know, they they've had a couple okay offenses along the way that that have looked like juggernauts against this defense. Uh, so the way they they uh, got that turned around on, on that side of the ball uh, to me was, uh, you know, kind of the most striking thing as far as what happened during the game, um, you know, that that happened on Saturday. Yeah, you know, and that's that leads to uh, you know my next uh, question, and I, I guess segue to the next point is that you know, and I've been asked this uh, quite a bit this week, but how much of what happened on Saturday was sustainable going forward? And uh, you know, my answer has generally been, you know, clearly, you know, you can't pack up those fifty thousand people and bring them uh, to Corvallis with you, and uh, the same crowd's not going to be there, you know, even in two weeks probably. Uh, so. One thing is that you know this team has got to generate its own uh, energy somehow, but I do think 
that the, the, the main thing that I saw on Saturday that's sustainable is that defense. And it's because of the fact that these guys talked about revamping the entire uh, scheme. They put guys in different uh, positions. Guys look confident playing in those positions. And, uh, and just the way they played was so much different than what we've seen that, uh, you know, and Mike Sanford mentioned there's more wrinkles that we didn't even show. Um, Oregon State's going to adjust. And I, I get that CU probably, you know, surprised Cal a little bit with what they were doing. Uh, but to me, what we saw on defense was probably the most sustainable thing from Saturday. Well, I guess we'll find that out in a hurry uh, this Saturday uh, at, at, at Oregon State. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, kudos to the, the, the coaching staff and, and kind of the revamped staff for tweaking some things and, and putting guys in different positions. You wrote about Aubrey Smith. He hasn't been playing a lot, but he got in there and he, he made, you know, a, a, a couple plays, you know, didn't, didn't play that many snaps, but made the most of his time while he was in there. Uh, and we saw a lot more kind of contributions like that on Saturday and really than we've seen all season from the defense. So, um, yeah, I, Hey, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a little bit more natural skeptic. I don't know if it's sustainable. Um, but uh, you know, I think they've definitely hit on something with working to the strengths on the roster, you know, kind of work into your personnel, a little bit better than, than we saw obviously in the first five games this year. Yeah, for sure. And and clearly the big, the big thing coming out of this team, the last you know week and a half, two weeks, I guess, is, uh, has been energy, joy, you know, fun. You know, those are kind of the three buzzwords about this team that, uh, you know, all the defensive changes and everything that's been the biggest change is that they've got more energy and they're playing with joy and fun and all that stuff. Uh, I think that can be sustainable, but again, I think that's harder to sustain um, over a long period of time. And that uh, I thought everything was kind of a perfect storm for this team on Saturday to have a performance like that and to try to duplicate that's going to be really difficult. But uh, you know, you've been a part of teams and you played college football, and you know, I, I was a part of teams, but not in college. But um, how sustainable do you think? I mean, how can this team keep that energy going to where they can, you know, find some energy and play well in Corvallis? Yeah, I think you're right. They they kind of hit upon a perfect storm, you know, with the uh, the coach change. There's kind of a you know a natural reset button hit, and everyone can you know maybe take a deep breath and, and refocus. And uh, so they had that. You had an opponent coming to your place uh, that you know was you know certainly the weakest team you've you've played to this point this season. Uh, you know, CU's played a pretty tough schedule. You know, doesn't excuse getting rolled as, as as badly as they have this year. But you know, they play they've played some pretty quality opponents. TCU has been much better uh, than advertised coming into the season. Um, you know that. So then, you know, you had an opponent that you know you maybe felt like you could give a game to, and. The crowd uh, on top of that, you know, the 50,000 and, and the support that the Buffs had. Uh, you're right. It all kind of came to, uh, you know, kind of came to a head you know, perfectly against Cal. That is going to be tough. You know, it's going to be, uh, as you mentioned, it's going to be tough to replicate on the road, certainly. Um, it's going to be maybe tough to replicate against some of the other, you know, tough opponents, you know, when they have Oregon coming into town, that, that it, it's going to be maybe tough to maybe go into that with the same sort of confidence you might have against Cal. Um, 
but some of the energy stuff, you know, I, 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 like I said, I think they've hit on something with, and, and you wrote about this this week about getting everyone involved. Uh, there's certainly a different vibe around this team. They can't sustain what they, we saw last Saturday. Uh, you, you're right. They're going to have to find a way to create their own energy on the road. And uh, obviously that's going to be a huge challenge this week in Corvallis. Um, but I think, uh, you know, clearly hitting the reset button and, you know, kind of get, di- getting different sets of eyes on, on the problems around this team has done wonders. At least it did against Cal. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm interested in this week is, uh, you know, was that a one-off and, and was it just that perfect storm or did they really hit on something that they can carry through the rest of the season? And, you know, I, I don't think this team is going to all of a sudden, you know, go six and one and get to a bowl game, you know, and all of a sudden start beating all these teams. But uh, I do think that they're going to be more competitive at this point. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing I'm curious to see this weekend is how much of what happened on Saturday can carry over. Uh, But the other thing, Pat, is that with all the good that happened on Saturday, that offense still wasn't very good, you know, and it was still as far as point production, was the same offense we've seen all season, right? Uh, they, their, their high mark this season is 20 points, and they hit that uh, for the second straight week, but it took overtime to get there. They only had 13 points in regulation. It was a 3 nothing lead they had uh, you know, at halftime. So uh, this offense is still struggling to put points on the board, and uh, to me that's the biggest concern I have with um, trying to pick them to win games you know, from here on out is that we still haven't seen that offense figure out how to get in the end zone and, and put points on the board. And this week, yet another starting quarterback change as well. Uh, back to JT Shrout, it looks like it's going to be in this one uh, with Owen McCown still banged up. Uh, I, I, I guess he's their their rain quarterback, designated rain quarterback <laughs> for this season. Um, Poor guy. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, We'll see how we can respond this time. You know, he looked sharp uh, coming in off the bench uh, against against Cal. Obviously, had had the, the big touchdown throw in in overtime. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the point production just simply isn't there. Um, and, and you know, whether it's uh, you know, Mr. Simons, or, you know, I don't feel like this team hasn't been penalized a lot, but they always seem to get them at the the worst kind of moments that. That, that killed drives uh and obviously going on the road this week uh they're, they're not gonna be able to afford mistakes like that um but you're right I, you know it's kind of the same old offense uh as far as the point production they've been a little bit more efficient obviously but um you know they're not gonna you know certainly they're not gonna go into oregon state and, and come out with a win with with only 13 points through four quarters no they're not and yeah i mean other teams that are better offensively than CU have struggled uh, in Corvallis. I mean, Oregon State is a pretty good team at home. They were six and zero at home last year. They're two and one this year. Their only loss was uh, to then number seven USC, uh, who needed a touchdown with one thirteen left to win the game. Uh, but uh, you know, their last two games at home, they held Washington State to ten points last week and held USC uh, to seventeen points. Uh, you know, in that game earlier this year, and then. Boise State at 17 points. So no team has scored more than 17 points against the Beavers in Corvallis. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine the Buffs being that first team to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the interesting thing will be, you know, yeah, you, you've talked about this uh, for, you know, a, f- a few weeks ago, how 
JT Stroud hasn't gotten the same opportunities that, that maybe some of the other guys have uh, as far as being a starter. You know, didn't work out maybe the way or come about maybe the way he would have preferred, but he's getting that chance this week. Uh, you know, sounds like it's going to be, I, I, don't, I don't know how bad the weather is going to be there or how slick the weather is going to be there. Um, but regardless, he has, you know, kind of that opportunity that, that maybe uh, he didn't really have earlier in the season. So we'll see how uh, he responds. You know, he, he does have the biggest arm of, of the, that group, you know, even with Brendan Lewis uh, in the mix. And obviously, as uh, you know, news this week, that he's headed to the transfer portal. Uh, but out of the three of them that has been playing, you know, Shroud has the biggest arm. Um, and, you know, if, if the Buffs are going to pull one off on, on, on Saturday night, they're going to need him. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting with uh, with him starting. Uh, what we don't know is, uh, is McCown healthy enough to be that number two guy? Because if he's not, all of a sudden the, the number two guy is Drew Carter, who's been your number four all year uh, with Brendan Lewis transferring out. So, And Drew Carter's from there. And, you know, so maybe he'll get an opportunity to play. But um, if JT Straw can't get it done, do they go to Drew Carter? So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, the forecast uh, Saturday in Corvallis is mid-50s. But that's uh, the high. So I, by the evening, you know, five o'clock game uh, Pacific, probably in the forties, and about a fifty percent chance of rain. And yeah, I don't know if it'll be just like Air Force when it rained the entire time. But you would think that CU is better prepared for rain after going through that Air Force game. And so um, I would expect, you know, I, I had a stat earlier earlier this week, Pat, that you know JT Shroud has looked really good in his two relief performances and not very good in his uh, his two starts. I would still expect he's going to have a better start. I think this will be his best start of the three. How good that is, I don't know, but uh, frankly, it'd be hard not to be the best start of his three, right? Because yeah. uh, the, the other two have not been good. But uh, I happen to think we'll see a little bit better uh, JT Shrout uh, than we've seen in his previous two starts. Yeah, Mike Stanford has applauded JT Shrout's um, kind of mental space recently. Um, that he, you know, he just felt like he was more prepared for the moment, uh, you know, not letting uh, m- m- mistakes kind of drag him down and, you know, shaking things off and, and moving on to the next play. Uh, and now, you know, now he's getting his shots. Uh, you know, hopefully for his sake, it's not another rain guy. I can't imagine it'll be uh, as sloppy conditions as it was at, at Air Force. So, um, you know, hopefully I just didn't jinx things for you. But uh, – <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing we've kind of maybe overlooked is, uh, you know, regardless, uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the quarterback in these conditions. They need to get that ground game going a little bit better, more consistently. Um, you know, we've seen it in, in, in fits and starts with, uh, you know, all the guys that they have in the backfield. Certainly they have a talented array of, of, of guys that can carry the load back there. Um, but especially in these conditions, they're going to need to get a little more consistency out of their run game uh, if they want to have a good showing on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree with you. But, uh, you know, I think the hard part is that is who you're going to have. You know, Alex Fontenot doesn't sound uh, like he's going to be back yet. Deion Smith, we saw him have the scary uh, injury on Saturday, but uh, the reports have been great. But whether he plays this week, I don't know. They could be without both of those guys. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's Anthony Hankerson, and uh, and last week they went with just Smith and Hankerson. So is it just yeah. going to be the Anthony Hankerson show? And then you got Jaylee Stacks, Charlie Offerdahl, uh, you know, so we'll see who actually uh, runs the ball for them this week. Uh, but 
Uh, yeah, you're right. You got to get that run game going. Um, one more thing on JT Stroud, I will say, you know, Owen McCown obviously has given this uh, this offense a spark, but clearly not to the point that they're you know explosive offense. This could be an opportunity for JT Stroud if he gets that offense going and they put up 28 points or something like that. Maybe he wins the starting job going forward. So I think there's a great opportunity here for JT Shroud. Uh, so we'll see. But um, the other thing, real quick, uh, um, is defensively uh, they've got to stop the run game. That's that's Oregon State's bread and butter is the run game. The Buffs obviously did great with that last week. They were awful the first five weeks. Uh, they were the worst run defense in the country. Shut Cal down to only 35 yards last week. I don't think they're going to do that again. But they they can't be uh, the worst in the country. They've got to be somewhere in the middle of that, or closer to the Cal performance than than the middle. There's got to be some sort of happy medium between worst run defense in the country and holding Cal to uh, I think it was like 35 yards off the top right. of my head here. Yep. Uh, yeah, got to be. I think there's got to be probably a happy medium somewhere in between those extremes that the bus can hit this week. Yeah, you would think so. You know, I think if you can keep Oregon State around the 150 mark, that'd be, to me, that would be a good sign for that run defense that you've actually figured something out. Because I, I don't expect them to hold, you know, anybody under 50 yards again. If they do, that'd be great. But um, if you can get them to 150 or below, I think that's a good sign for this uh, defense. But uh, let's go real quick with uh, predictions. What do you think? Well, I'm with you in that it's still hard to kind of bank on getting a lot of production from the offense, uh, certainly in, in terms of scoring points uh, and certainly not enough points to, to go out on the road and, and beat a, a quality opponent on, on their field. Um, you know, so I've been thinking about this, you know, I think it's going to be something around the lines. Of, you know, I'm, I'm thinking the offense will have an okay night, uh, but 31, 17 Oregon state. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, I, I think the defense uh, hit on something last week, and um, I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they looked last week. But uh, I think they hit on something. I think they turn a corner and uh, they can hold Oregon State under 30 uh, and, and at least keep keep this uh, team in the game more so than we saw the first five weeks. And uh, I'm I'm right there with you with the 17. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower for Oregon State and go 27-17 Beavers and uh, and Oregon State reaches bowl eligibility for the second time in, in, in a row. So, um, you know, we'll see. I think the buffs, you know, it, I think if, if they hit on either one of the scores we have there, you've kind of got to feel good about that going to Corvallis against a really good team and you cover the spread and you, and you're within two scores. I think that's not a bad result for this team. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to like start talking about moral victories and, and such, but no, but you're one in five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're one in five, and 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 let's face it, there, there there's a reason why Colorado for several of those weeks was being tabbed as the worst team in the country. It wasn't just that they were zero and five; they looked awful doing it. So if you get to the point where a few weeks later uh, you you go into a tough venue and you give a, a a tough team a good game, you know maybe you lose, but you give a tough team a good game on on, on their field uh, that. That, that still feels like a step again you hate kind of parsing it like that it would still be a loss but it still feels like a step in the right direction uh compared to what we saw out of this team just a few short weeks ago yeah well and we'll find out what that looks like and uh you know we'll obviously be back next week to talk about uh 
uh, that game and then also preview the next one. But um, real quick before we get out of here, um, you know, basketball obviously is, uh, you know, in full swing with preseason practices. Uh, you've had some great coverage. Um, I've had some features on the women's players. Uh, both of those teams are less than three weeks away from, from starting things. So um, it's kind of exciting basketball-wise at this time of year as well. The men's team has a closed scrimmage. Nobody even knows about it uh, <laughs> against uh, Wyoming on, on, on Saturday. Next week will be uh, the Pac-12 Media Days. So not long after you get back from beautiful Corvallis, I'll be on my merry way to San Fran uh, to cover those both days, the women's as well on Tuesday, men's on Wednesday next week. And, uh, yeah, starting to ramp up uh, next week on Monday. It'll be two weeks away from the, from the opener, so we're getting closer. Awesome. Well, we'll talk some more basketball next week as you recap uh, Media Day. Uh, but I think that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll have some great coverage on uh, football and basketball this weekend as well as, you know, uh, the volleyball and soccer teams are going as well um, at this time of year. So, uh, Pat, I think that'll wrap it up. Yeah, safe travels to you, Brian, and uh, thank you all for listening.